0: You're listening to WERALP, Arlington, Virginia, 96.7 FM, streaming and on demand at WERA.FM.
1: Curiosity is straight from the human spirit.
0: Coming to you from the studios at Arlington Independent Media, I'm your host, Lynn Borton, and this is Choose to be Curious. Welcome. Thank you. This is a show all about curiosity. We talk about research and theory, but mostly it's conversations about how curiosity shows up in work and life. This week, I wanted to try to find our way through the fascinating intersection of courtesy and curiosity. We all go through our days making a million different decisions about the questions we ask, of whom, and under what circumstances. Perhaps we monitor our motivations for wanting to know, perhaps not. I imagine many of the decisions I make about my own actions are governed by what I would consider good manners. Sometimes I ask questions because a polite inquiry seems appropriate, and sometimes I don't ask questions because I don't want to be rude. So is that just me? I assume not, and that's why I wanted to feel our way around this subject today. At age 16, as an exercise in penmanship and good citizenship, George Washington famously copied out the 110 rules of civility and decent behavior in company and conversation, based on a set of rules composed by French Jesuits in 1595. Rule number one, every action done in company ought to be with some sign of respect to those who are present. And number nine... Spit not in the fire, nor stoop low before it, neither put your hands into the flames to warm them, nor set your feet upon the fire, especially if there is meat before it. (laughs) So, what are our rules of civility and decent behavior, if maybe number nine isn't among them? You all know how much I like and admire my Radio Arlington colleagues, and I'm always proud to work alongside other programs that enlighten and entertain, so it comes as no surprise that the inspiration for today's guest came from another show here on WERA. I first heard Rebecca Zarnicki, maven of manners and founder of Tea with Mrs. B, on The Melting Pot, a show that helps us get to know Arlington through what people eat. Host Mel Chang was getting all sorts of gracious and grounded advice about kids and table manners from Rebecca. As I drove through Boston, I remember exactly where I was. I thought, this is a great curiosity topic. And what a delightful person to invite along for the conversation. Rebecca Zarnagy, otherwise known as Mrs. B, teaches people of all ages a mix of traditional and modern etiquette over a cup of tea. And although we're not permitted open beverages here in the recording studio, I'm confident she'll do the same here today. So welcome, Rebecca. Thank you so much, Lynn. I'm so happy to be here. That's great. So tell us a little bit more about what you do as Mrs. B.
1: Well, it has been a lifelong dream to have my own business, be my own boss, design my days around what whim and whimsy Caught me that day. And tea with Mrs. B is no different. I intermingle, I I never became formally trained in the subject of etiquette or tea, but it was a lifelong love of sitting down with people, enjoying moments together, capturing life moments Mm -hmm. together. And I quickly found that in teaching etiquette, as Mary Poppins says, a spoonful of sugar helps the medicine go down. So the two are perfectly married. (laughs) Lovely. And intrigues both young and
0: old audiences. Yeah. Yeah. So is there a difference between etiquette
1: and manners? I think that etiquette are the guidelines that we live by, the Mm -hmm. rules, and the manners are the game. So I often use the analogy that good manners having good manners is like being and knowing etiquette proper etiquette is like knowing the rules to playing a game in Mm -hmm. sports Mm -hmm. soccer and if you know the rules people will ask you to play but if you don't know how to play and you Uh. don't know the rules you might be asked once or twice to kick the ball around, but you won't play for the full duration of the game. Ah, so so there's a there's a there's a knowledge, and then there's an
0: application. There's Absolutely, the action end of it.
1: Okay, yeah. So okay. George Washington's rules of civility, which I adore, <laughs> and are quite humorous. If you get a chance, the whole list is great, isn't it? I wonderful. Will put them, I will put them on my Facebook page. Yes, and there's actually a book, The Rules of Civility, that was written that were translated into modern day sayings. Oh, okay. And I'll, I'll look up the book and yeah. maybe you can post that along with Oh, that'd this. be great. That'd be great.
0: As I was uh, doing some reading, it was one of the fun things about this show is I just, I pick a topic and then I go learn something about it. And then I really learn about it in these conversations. But I read somewhere that Emily Post describes etiquette as rooted in consideration, respect, and honesty. And I wondered if you could build that out. A little bit. I mean, what do you think about that?
1: Absolutely. I think good manners are all about anticipating and thinking of uh-huh. everyone uh-huh. in the room or everyone who you're engaging. Uh-huh. And at the end of it, you want to have a social interaction that really leaves people feeling like you've been sincere and genuine and you've really connected with them.
0: So sincerity, that's actually a place I wanted to go in this conversation because It seems to me that one of the guidelines around curiosity and sort of being curiously well-mannered or curious in a well-mannered way has to do with sincerity, doesn't it? Yes. Yeah.
1: So talk a little bit about that. I think the biggest part is opening your eyes and Mm -hmm. observing those around you. For instance, being in the epicenter of culture here in D.C., really observing what other people are doing, researching and studying, asking questions From trusted advisors before you go into a formal situation. And just like you're saying, researching the subject before you dive in. Uh Uh So I think that the idea behind that is that everything goes fluidly and smoothly, and you're not caught by surprise. No one likes surprises. And again, if you know the rules, then you may have to play by the rules. You may not. Right. But at least you know what they are and you're not rules. surprised by them. Yeah.
0: So are there rules about curiosity?
1: Absolutely. Uh, I think the, long, <laughs> the long-held the long belief is don't talk about sex, politics, or religion at the table. Uh-huh. And just as that was true for George Washington's time, it is today as well. Mm-hmm. And you really have to be cautious and read social cues, facial expressions, and, you know, small offhand comments that people say or respond as you're engaging in a curious subject. Right, right.
0: So speaking of one of those intersections, the audience can't see this, but you're pregnant. Yes. And that's one of those places I think lots of people struggle with their curiosity and what's good manners. Oh, yeah. So what do you have personal guidelines? Are there sort of what you would consider social guidelines, at least in the United States, or at least here in the metropolitan area?
1: Absolutely. I, I have a beautiful, fun, engaging workbook that I designed for children. And I use a lot of analogies to explain the why and the how of certain manners. And one of my Uh, favorite lessons is how to give and receive a compliment. Most people are approaching a person who is pregnant with a compliment. They don't mean it in a negative sort of way.
0: Oh, I think that's true. And right. so, oh, you look great. Yes. Or, uh, yes. you know, sharing in the excitement in some way. Yes. Yeah. So,
1: yesterday I was doing a family manners coaching at the Willard Hotel over tea for a family of five. And as I was waiting for the valet to take my car, a gentleman rough around the edges. Mm-hmm turned and said, "Wow, look at that belly." And I knew he meant it in the nicest possible way, and so that's the way I took it. Uh-huh. Although I think I could have received it differently. Right. And like that the conversation starters and having a water balloon toss, I could have dropped that compliment and let the water balloon splash upon my feet and put me in a bad mood. But instead I responded, well, thank you. Can you tell where the baby is? Because it's quite lopsided. <laughs> and he said, I don't usually say anything to pregnant women. In fact, this might be the first time I've ever said anything, but I can see exactly where that baby's laying. And he was so delighted. And we sat and had, you know, a few, a few words between us, very nice words. And then we went out up upon our way, but uh. it wasn't the standard compliment of, congratulations, Mm -hmm. which oftentimes many people will just shout out as I walk by, congratulations, and just taken in the nicest way. But they're curious, Uh whether it's a boy or a girl, whether it was planned, when it's due, how I'm feeling, what are the the complications I'm having, if they can touch the belly. Uh And so oftentimes, especially having worked with with etiquette and the norms and the rules that go along with these sensitive subjects, I will take the lead. And I'll say, as, as soon as I see that hand come up, I'll say, please go ahead and touch it so that they don't oh, feel so that you've hesitation. Created
0: a, you've given the permission. You've created the boundaries. Exactly. Or or, crea- or established the connection, literally, yes. I guess, there. Yes. Oh, interesting. And
1: it's much like dancing, Lynn. If you want, as a lead, to twirl your partner, there are certain cues for that and hand movements and little tiny, tiny gestures Mm -hmm. and rhythm that you have to follow. And so if I wasn't comfortable with someone touching my stomach, I would step back. I would put my hands on my stomach. I would Mm -hmm. protect it. But I'm quite comfortable with little hands, (laughs) big hands, (laughs) old hands touching this little belly. Uh And so I will often say, oh, please go ahead. You can feel the head right here and the feet are down here. But presumably not everybody feels that way. Absolutely right? not. So
0: so what's a person to do with their curiosity in terms of – I mean, what's the polite way to, to convey one's curiosity in a situation like that?
1: I think reading social cues, yeah. reading facial expressions, body language in a time when – There are emojis and there are different hues of photos to make us feel a certain way. Curiosity is straight from the human spirit. Mm -hmm. You can't. Strike a curious bone without giving it a lot of thought, seeing something and being moved by it. It's the human experience. It's at the very root of religion, at the very root of love, at the very root of any passion a person has. And that is the raw human experience. And so when dealing with courtesies, common courtesies, you have to study those things. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And really try to connect with the other people. It's, there's no other way to do it other than to sincerely connect. Yeah. And you have spent some time
0: abroad, have you not? Yes. So do those connections, do those expectations, I mean, I imagine they differ tremendously. What or how do you navigate that when you're in a, a place that's different, where the rules are different from what you're accustomed to?
1: With a smile. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It's as simple as that. There, I have my master's in international studies and grew up in Latin America, traveled quite extensively through Europe and found that... Any faux pas can be (laughs) overcome with a beautiful smile. Uh Uh And I teach three different kinds of signature smiles. I think it teaches people that they need to know their own facial expressions. Uh What look are they giving someone else? How do they respond? For instance, we were with my son, my seven-year-old son. We were at church the other day, and he accidentally tooted Yeah, which is totally normal for a little seven-year-old. I don't think he thought it was going to make any noise. And he turned to me, and with these beautiful, big puppy dog eyes, tilted head, chin to the shoulder, (laughs) he just looked at me like, oops. (laughs) And I couldn't help but just giggle, Uh although I was absolutely humiliated for (laughs) for the people around us. But I thought, there it is. There is the perfect example that... Mm You can brush off so much with a sincere smile. And how about conveying to
0: someone what's, what curiosity is appropriate? Because, you know, if you don't know the rules, in a foreign country, I think people give you a pass, more or less. In this country, maybe you know the rules, maybe you don't. Maybe you weren't trained. Maybe you didn't have a chance to hang out with Miss, over tea with Mrs. B. What's a polite way to convey expectations about manners and, and courtesy, about curiosity or anything else?
1: I think, again, it's the sincerity mm-hmm. behind it and doing it in a private setting. Mm-hmm. So understanding the time and place, there's always the right time and place for it. And if you're asking in front of a group of people A question, a curious question Mm -hmm. of someone, and that puts them into a hard position. Then, very inappropriate. But if you sidestep and you you step off with the person in private and ask the question, most people don't mind answering something like that. Now, as the recipient, it's safe to say something as simple as "I'm not comfortable talking about this." Mm And just being honest about it. We don't have to expose every detail of our lives or our privacy. We have to feel okay sometimes just saying, that's not appropriate. Right,
0: right. And how might one couch such a question? It's like, I don't know how to ask this or I don't, you know, give me some guidance on Absolutely. the rules
1: or... Please forgive me. I, I am so curious as to how you Do got X. to this point. <laughs> yes. All right. I I, I'm so I'm so interested in this and I hope I don't offend you some sort of little forward.
0: So indicating that you recognize that, uh, I mean, acknowledging your ignorance, which is for a curious mind, always a good thing to do. And and indicating that you recognize that there may be a boundary. You just don't know what it is. Exactly. Is that it? Yes. And it's
1: the old courtesy call. Uh Is just checking in on someone. I'm just interested in seeing how you're doing and if I can be of support, if I can follow up to help with something Uh or to do something in keeping with this. You know, that's
0: interesting because I went looking on some of the online message boards to see if there was discussion on this question curious what other people were thinking about this topic. And I came across, somebody had said, I'm looking for a word that describes a curious, interested state of op- of mind, open-minded, exploring, wondering, but without being nosy. So for this person, she was thinking that curiosity had a kind of a negative edge to it, that it was, it was nosy, it was intrusive. And somebody responded with, well, I would offer interested It's still a very positive and has almost the same meaning as curious. And I thought, well, that's – that really is what it boils down to, right? That goes to that sort of the sincerity, a genuine interest. Like I'm asking after your well-being because I actually care as opposed to being courteous but not necessarily curious because there's that too. I mean there are people who sort of go through the motions but aren't genuinely curious about people.
1: Yes, I love that. I had never thought of those two words as interchangeable, right, but I think that's that's a lovely way to put it, yeah, that
0: was I thought so too, I thought so too, so curiosity is a kind of social lubricant, right absolutely um, and for a hostess keeping the conversation going at a dinner table, obviously, there are questions that you put out to sort of draw your guests out. Talk to me about that sort of stewardship,
1: if you will. And do you have tips for people about that? Absolutely. The most (laughs) simple thing is keep it simple, the keep Mm -hmm. it simple principle, the KISS principle. And that is the golden rule. Would you feel good entering into a social situation and being spoken of like this? Would you like to be the center of this conversation? Would you like to be leading that conversation. And again, it's just like a dance. Mm -hmm. Is it a choppy, uncomfortable partner or is it smooth and fluid and, and enjoyable? And do you, are you in the beat? And if you're not, you want to find a way to exit or transition Uh into something else. And that is where the lubricant, it's just like shifting gears in a car. You want to do it fluidly and smoothly. And You don't have to just run in first gear the whole time. (laughs) So what
0: if the conversation is, is running smoothly, but it takes a turn towards gossip? Because social curiosity can do that, right?
1: Absolutely. Is there, what's the line? So, one of the things (laughs) that I love about this job, and I first started working with the elderly, people with Alzheimer's and dementia. And it was a very low energy for me. And I was not receiving the Uh response and the interaction that I wanted. And so, therefore, I started working with children hosting teas. But I loved the way the elderly. Engaged one another, how they treated the bellboys, the waitstaff, the doormen at these facilities mm-hmm. that I would go and visit and work at. I'll never forget this older woman sat there at Sibley at Sibley uh, Hospital, and we were talking about something, and and I said, "Well, curiosity killed the cat." Mm-hmm tell me more. And she looked at me with this coy smile and sort of the tilt of her head and said, but satisfaction brought it back.
0: And I (laughs) thought, it's always my mother's line.
1: (laughs) Yes. I absolutely love that because I thought, you know, what a great response Mm -hmm. to act, to pull out more from someone, to have them keep going and to engage them. So I think a lot is lost communication that that used to be between the lines Mm. and people are much more curt and pointed and you don't really have to think about what they've said because they just put it out there as is some of that has to be
0: a function too of our ability to communicate in 140 characters and abbreviated text and all we we view those as acceptable ways of communicating with one another that are barely recognizable as sentences yes. let alone niceties
1: right you know, or things where are in you? between the lines know, right.
0: right yeah huh i hadn't thought about that i
1: think that's a, and curiosity that's a isn't point. something that can be subdued or or satisfied in a cliff notes version of a book you mm-hmm. really have to talk to people you have to feel the experience. You have to taste the experience. You have to really indulge all of your senses in in something that you're curious about. And I think that manners and etiquette is very much in keeping with that. You have to engage others. You have to be put into social situations that challenge you and you learn from. You have to engage to be able to grow and to satisfy that curious, that curious bone in you. So is there ever
0: a downside to manners and etiquette? Well,
1: I don't think so. I think sometimes the downside of manners and etiquette is, can be mistaken for being stiff and, Mm. and stuffy and standoffish. Mm -hmm. But my approach to manners and etiquette at Tea with Mrs. B and our entire staff is to create a welcome, open environment for people to enjoy one another, connect, celebrate, and do so with some of the finest things that we have to offer. Crystal, silver, lace, fresh flowers, beautiful perfumes, lovely fascinators and hats. And And those are just the accessories to... The times that we spend with one another, the mm-hmm. embellishments and sort of the. The, the embellishments. Of yeah.
0: That. So before we turn to the big jar of wannabe analogies, I yes. want to ask are there other tips for kids or adults around curiosity that you haven't yet had an opportunity to share?
1: In the business or in our interview? In
0: anything that comes to your mind. Mm. Oh, I love <laughs> I that. I know. Blank what slate. What a free
1: ticket. This is, this is like the big lottery <laughs> ticket that's coming I up. It's I love this. It's better than that.
0: <laughs> I love You have this. a much better chance of getting this.
1: I think it is a matter of seeing the joy in this business is seeing the curiosity of the children and the way that we present mm. the subject and being enthralled by what we offer, the twirls and the tip of tea and the beautiful sandwich and the lovely way that we greet one another. And the fascination of the children is somehow caught by the parents as well. And their interest is piqued, their curiosity is piqued. And so we see Adults learning from the children, becoming students along with the children in what we do. And for instance, the family manners program that I did yesterday and the toddler tea and the afternoon tea for the same sort of age groups from toddler to about 10 years old, 12 years old, allows both children and adults to come together at the same table, same playing field. And practice and learn some of these sweet social nuances that are often brushed under the table Mm -hmm. and under the rug and overlooked and sidestepped. And I think in practicing and doing these things together, everyone becomes more comfortable and confident.
0: Which is sort of the goal. Yes, it 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 is. That that people feel comfortable in their interactions with one another.
1: And not just in their own interactions, but offering that comfort and that confidence to someone else as well. Helping someone else feel just as much a part of the social situation as we ourselves feel in knowing these these little tidbits. Right, right, well it, seems, it
0: sounds like using them to lift people up as opposed to put people down yes. is really the secret to yes. it, isn't it? That's That goes back to Emily Post and the consideration, respect, Absolutely. and honesty. Yeah, lovely, lovely. Well, on that note, I have my big card one. <laughs> are you
1: ready? <laughs> yes, okay. please. So, in. I thought these were chocolates. As I know. It's, a, it's, an it's an expecting mother, I thought you <laughs> had something to
0: nibble on. I'm sorry on here. to disappoint. Ooh,
1: how, oh, how um, how appropriate.
0: So, uh, we're going to make an analogy yeah, to curiosity yes. with what's ever there. You have one, I have one, I have one, I have one for the guest. Do you want to go or do you want me to go first? Yes, please. This looks lovely. You're black ready? coffee. Oh, okay. How is curiosity like black coffee?
1: Curiosity is sometimes very hard to see through. And oh. with a little bit of milk and sugar, it becomes sweeter mm-hmm. and easier to digest. Oh. We're going back to Mary Poppins and the spoonful of sugar. Yes. Pops all sorts of things go down. <laughs> Can you Very tell I have nice. a sweet tooth? <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, this is perfect because I got going to the movies. Ooh. Mary Poppins. Um so how is curiosity like going to the movies? I think going to the movies is sort of purposely putting yourself in a place where there's a a story that unfolds and there's adventure and there's humor and there's romance and there are life lessons. And I think choosing to be curious, curiosity is the same thing as yourself. You're putting yourself in the place of opening up to the story that's there. So that's how curiosity is like going to the movies. And audience, <laughs> how is curiosity like a potato? Let me know. <laughs> <laughs> Facebook, Twitter. Hashtag analogy. How is curiosity like a potato? Oh, I'm hot potato. To, hot potato. I know. I'm dying to see what people come up with. Well, Rebecca, thank you so much. It is absolutely this.
1: my pleasure, Lynn. Thank you for having me.
0: You've been listening to WERA 96.7 FM. If you joined us late or want to catch up with this or any of the other great programs here on Radio Arlington, check us out online and on demand WERA.FM. You can hear this and all my previous shows on iTunes, Stitcher, MixCloud, SoundCloud, and Facebook, all at Choose to be Curious, or on my website at choosetobecurious.com. Hope you'll follow me there and on Twitter at choose number two, letter B, curious. And don't forget to send us your potato analogy, hashtag analogy. Special thanks to my guest, Rebecca Zarnicki of Tea with Mrs. B. You'll find links to her website and related articles, including those 110 rules of civility. I especially like rule number 110, the very last one, labor to keep alive in your breast that little spark of celestial fire called conscience, which seems like a great way to embody some of the very best manners. Our theme and other music is thanks to Sean Ballack. Thanks, too, to Mel Chang of The Melting Pot for being my manners muse. Catch her show Saturday morning at 930 or when it re-airs right after this show, Wednesday mornings at 1030. I hope you'll join us again next time when Alonzo Abogadas of Capital Naturalist joins me to talk about getting curious in the wild and natural world right here in our urban setting. Until then, choose to be curious. Choose to be curious is sponsored in part by realtor Christine Hopkins. Curious about real estate? Christine works with clients from around the world using her time and knowledge to build community. As she likes to say... Community engagement has always been my big why. Working in real estate has helped me express that. What makes you part of a community more than living there? For more information, visit facebook.com slash Nova House Hunter. Funding for Choose to be Curious on WERA 96.7 FM is provided in part by the Center for Parents and Teens, where families are strengthened through a connection built through positive communication, mutual understanding, and realistic expectations of one another. For more information, visit www.centerforparentsandteens.com.